Transform the way you hunt with the all-new Bay Cellular Trail Camera connected by the Moultrie Mobile app. Moultrie Mobile's industry-best app gives you complete control over your camera settings, up-to-the-minute updates from the field, and other interactive scouting tools on your smartphone or computer. Features like weather forecast, advanced species recognition, interactive maps, and a whole lot more. For more information and to make your purchase, visit www.moultriemobile.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Limb Hanger Turkey Hunting Podcast, where you're going to hear opinions and discussions from all aspects of the turkey hunting community. From legendary turkey hunters who hunted in military fatigues, to modern day turkey hunters embracing technology while maintaining the traditions passed along for generations. All are welcome at this roundtable conversation about one of the wariest creatures in the woods. That's the North American Wild Turkey. And welcome back to the Limhanger Turkey Hunting Podcast. We've got a full house tonight. Uh, Matt Reeves, Joey Bell, Adam Cruz, and myself, Parker McDonald. We're going to host you through this thing. We just got back from uh, NWTF this weekend. By a show of hands, who was at NWTF? Well, I... the <laughs> listener cannot see that. So, uh adam me and matt were all there joey was not able to attend this year for the first time and how long has it been joey uh it's been a long time so since they started going to nashville pretty regularly adam i don't really remember what year that was that they continuously had in nashville but yeah. i think uh i think i've been to every one i could go to since i could drive with the exception of a couple of years, the handful of years that I lived up in North Virginia and Baltimore. So from 2012 to 2015, I didn't get to go, but I've been every other year that I could remember. It's crazy. Was it rough? Struggling? It was really rough. Um, especially, you know, I've, I've met some, so many people, you know, over the last handful of years, you know, with a, onset of social media and YouTube and how we're all so easily connected. Now I used to go and not know a single person, like not know anybody. I might've known one or two guys from back home that went. And, uh, now I could have easily seen a couple dozen people probably that I knew up there and yeah, it hurt, hurt not being able to go, but, uh, I will for sure go next year. Man, it was, it was a good time. It was actually my first one to actually go to, most of the time, NWTF falls on my daughter's birthday, um, and so anytime really around my daughter's birthday, I'm probably not going to anything. Um, I pretty well, pretty pretty well use all those brownie points uh, during season, and I would rather use them during the season when I'm actually hunting than going to shows and stuff like that. But this year, for whatever reason, it fell not on my daughter's birthday or Valentine's day, which is freaking great. Um, cause I was able to go and, 
and hang out. And I got to man the tethered, not the tethered booth. Uh, I got to hang out at the tethered booth some, but I got to man the new canoe booth. Um, and man, there's a, a lot of cool stuff. So today, what we're going to do is we're going to talk gear. We're going to talk about the the gear that we saw at the NWTF show. Um, but before we get into that, really, I kind of think like, why not address the the piece of gear that was the talk of the two, 2023 NWTF show, and that's the Mr. Fox vest. Now, only rich people could get the Mr. Fox vest. <laughs> or really, really desperate, stupid people, maybe. <laughs> no, it was it was a, an expensive vest, but for a good reason. I think it's pretty cool. And Adam, you were able to pick one up. First impressions, yeah. dude. What what did you think about the vest? Actually, tell us tell us what you had to do to get the vest, and then uh, and then tell us what you thought about it. So I had no clue going in like what the demand would be like. I kind of thought it would be pretty crazy. Kind of thought you'd have to be like first in line to NWTF to get one. Uh, but you know, based on like that first day of Thursday of opening the door, everyone heard, "Hey, you know, there was a line that started I think seven or eight p.m. Uh, on Wednesday night." So everybody's like, "Like, there's a ton of people spending the night." There was 200 given uh, tickets given away throughout the night. I think they gave away the last ticket right at opening around seven o'clock. So uh, I heard that piece of news, talked to one of my buddies and he said, Hey man, I'm going, if you want to go and hang out. And I thought, Hey, why not? Like I already own the Bob Dixon vest. I got three boys. I'm sure as Mossy Oak progresses uh, over the next couple of decades, they'll probably have another signature limited vest. So if I've got three boys, I've already got one. Uh, the Mr. Fox would be number two. So I got there at 1030, uh, hung out with uh, Taylor Johnson. Some of you guys know him on Instagram, Outdoor Volunteer. Awesome, awesome guy. Great um, turkey hunter. And we set up and we talked till about two o'clock in the morning about every turkey hunting story that we possibly could come up with. And finally, we were both like, well, I think that's about it. So we retired and, and uh, tried sleeping on the floor. Ended up getting one of those tickets, man. Just so fortunate to be able to get one. I, I really believe it's like a piece of history. Um, you know, Mr. Fox has done so much for the industry for, through conservation, uh, all of those different things. And honestly, too, the, the vest is built like a tank. It's very similar layout to the Bob Dixon. There's not much different uh, in the way the layout is concerned or even the weight. Uh, but it is what I believe is like a nicer vest. It's just um, as far as looks, it's got a lot of leather going on it. it. It's very comfortable. I actually think it's a more comfortable vest. For some reason, the way that uh, it fits me, it kind of comes down in a tighter fit around my shoulders and not. it doesn't feel like it sags as much. So overall, I'm happy with it. The Bob Dixon has been my number one go-to vest throughout the years since I've had it. And I think this will replace that. I'm going to absolutely use it wear it out it is a sharp vest man i freaking love the thing now you talk about the leather the leather work that's on it um i don't have a turkey vest i don't believe that has leather does the bob dixon have any leather on it not at all i didn't think so um but it looks like just to me especially the leather on that strap seems like it's going to be a really comfortable fit like not only it's it's a it's a collector's item right like yeah like collector's items a lot of times they're not going to have bells it's not going to be bells and whistles you know what i mean um mm-hmm. it's you, you're getting it for 
the fact that it's a collector's item. But this one's actually going to be used. Are you planning on using it? Oh, 100%. If it's not my go-to vest, then I'll still use it. And like I've told you, like I want my buddies to hunt out of it. Like this is not a vest that's going to sit in my attic. It's not going to sit in my closet. It's not going to be in the box. It's going to get dirty. It's going to get bloody. And the day that I hand it over to my kids or my grandkids, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about every turkey I can remember being killed out of it, honestly. And I, I thought about it. I was like, maybe I should just keep that thing in the closet in case they want to sell it when they're 60 years old. But what if my house burns down and I lose that vest, right? Like it just sat there for nothing. Let's go make memories out of it. So that's what I'm going to do. Dang it. It's a nice, yeah. nice vest. Um, I saw that one of them went for like 31, 31,000 bucks at the, at the auction, which is insane. Um, wow. Number five vest. Now what, what number did you get? I think I'm like 336, 339, something like that. Wow, that's cool. That's a cool piece of history. Pretty cool. Matt, I can tell you're trying to talk, but I think you're muted. You're still muted. Something ain't working. Ain't got you at all. I think he got me now. Yeah, I got you now. All right, just Please, kind of start over. I'm, I'm. Let's give like a, like a, twenty seconds of silence, and you go into what you were gonna say, Matt. Okay. Yeah, I saw there was one on eBay. Uh, I think they listed it for like three grand. Um, just, just crazy stuff. I, I know there was a lot of hype on it. Um, and to see the vest, I, I don't think I heard about the vest until like a week before NWTF. I didn't know that there was, it was really coming out. They kept it pretty secret for a while. Um, but it's just, it's amazing that that is that hyped and got so much public pub, publicity for Mossy Oak too, um, with what they've done. And it was a, Neat, neat to see, but they also had a, a lot of other stuff um, to offer. Mossy Oaks c- kind of turning around the whole industry and bringing old school back is is one of the things that I saw, and I think we're all pretty excited about that. Um, just yeah. to kind of bring bring it back, uh, I have I have some old Mossy Oak green leaf. I think my dad had from like the early nineties that I was. I think I w- I started out turkey hunting in it, you know, and it's just cool that. Yeah, you know, hey, that's that's cool now. You know, that's the that's the thing I can wear. Vintage, vintage stuff. Man, I've still been wearing this. I got this hat that my grandpa gave me. Uh, I think he gave it to me when I was about seven years old. And listen, you guys got to understand. Like, I've moved a lot in my life. Um, I've lost a lot of my stuff from moving houses and moving states and blah blah blah. But somehow that green leaf hat, it says West Point Barbecue. So it's legit. Like it, it's like from the 90s. And it's got that rope on the front, big old lid on it on the top. And I killed a lot of turkeys in that stinking hat. Um, I love it. I freaking love the, the, I love the vintage stuff. It's awesome. Is that the one with the orange riding on yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, the yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. And it's got like the frayed bill on it. You know how. 
how we used to wear it in the 90s. I'm, yeah, scratch it on the concrete. I don't know if I did that or if it happened over time. I'm pretty sure I did that because I used to do it to all my hats. Um, I just like scratch it on the pavement and get that bill nice and tore up. <laughs> Skater boy. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I can't believe it used to be cool. Um, maybe it wasn't. Maybe I thought it was cool and it actually was not cool. That's There's probably better better chances of that. Um, but you're right, dude. I saw all the, all the throwback stuff. I mean, I bought a lot of it. I think it's really cool. I think one thing that I really like about that is they're not just, it doesn't seem like what Mossy Oak is doing. Like they've brought back the TK and Mike, or not brought it back. They've started this TK and Mike line of apparel, which is pretty cool. Um, They've got the Mr. Fox vest. You know, that's cool. They got Mossy Oak Companion stuff. But specifically with the Mr. Mr. Fox vest and the calls and stuff, like it really, really, to me, stuck out as like paying tribute to kind of the the guys who started, right? Like you've got a new wave of hunters. You got a new wave of of CEOs within the hunting hunting industry and new people are taking over these companies. It's just a new wave, right? And um, I think it's important to pay that respect back to the ones who kind of really started. Because you think about like Toxie and uh, Cuz Strickland, um, Night and Hale, and those guys. You know, like they really started this content creation trend that we are doing even right now through a podcast. They kind of were the the front runners in that, which is pretty cool. I, I think it's really neat to to pay that respect and also welcome the new, the, the, the newer stuff. And boy, I will tell you what, there was some off the wall, new stuff at NWTF this year. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So moving in, Matt, I know you went in with, all right, I got this much money. Um, need a lot of stuff. I walked around with you, Matt, for a good little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I you, didn't spend all my money. You didn't, you didn't even spend it all. What were you no. looking for? What did you notice? Things that you saw, things um, you like? Yeah, so I I was pretty set on vest, boots, and stuff like that. I was really going in to find, you know, good face masks, some gloves, grab a couple mouth calls, one of a couple new strikers, just just little things. Um, I kind of have my core of what I what I like. Um, but I saw some some cool stuff as far as if you weren't being a mobile turkey hunter, you know, a couple couple ground blinds that stood out. Uh, that mini, I don't even know what that one's called. Adam, you may be able to help me on that mini ground blind. Um, but it's like a, it looks like a full size ground blind, but mini, like we thought they were like little displays. Yeah. We thought they were displays, but no, they were, they were like the real thing. <laughs> you know, those, you know, those chair. little, those little tiny tents they put up like at, uh, yes, at that's Walmart exactly and stuff it. in the campings. <laughs> yeah, we thought it was just dogs. a model. <laughs> yeah. The model. That's what I was thinking. Oh, they just. No, it was the real thing. Um, saw that. Um, Adam, you really like that, it. though, right? You have one? Man, I have one, and I'm sitting here trying to, like, rack my brain and figure out what the heck that the name of it is. I can't even remember the manufacturer, but it literally, I mean, it doesn't come off the ground, what, three and a half feet? Yeah, it's, it's small. Like yeah. There it's, were a lot of there were a lot of call companies, too. Lots um, of call companies. I noticed that, and that, that's fine. Did yeah, you, did, I now think, you, I was with you, you bought a call. Uh, tell us about the one that you did buy. Yeah. So I bought two calls. I bought 
foot on the head, and then I bought Rolling Thunder. Um, so I, I like both of them, um, which I've been using foot on the head for, for a few years now. I really like their stuff, but I like this Rolling Thunder call too. Um, I wanted to get a call with some color and some flash on it, so I bought their pink call. And uh, it lived up to the hop. So I, th- I thought that was pretty cool. That's awesome. Man. And when I used to go uh, all the time, I used to get my shells there. And especially in the last handful of years when shells are hard to come by, NWTF had a pile of shells. And they had them for cheaper than you would find them in the store. So I know last year, I don't know how many boxes of shells I bought for that very reason. I, I don't, I'm not even going to buy any more shells this year. And I would just buy a couple mouth calls here or there. And that would really be the only thing I would buy ever at NWTF unless there were some things there that I couldn't like pick up in a store or like I couldn't shop for later and get my hands on. Like for instance, the um, uh, one thing I wished that I had been there for was that tethered vest. That's what caught my eye more so than the Fox vest Um, because it was just lightweight. It just, I don't know, just something about it. Lightweight American made, um, it was simple. Um, so it just, I don't know, that piqued my interest. That's what I missed the most. Dude. It looks sharp. It is sharp. Like, it's very well thought out, which Tethered is pretty well thought out with most of the stuff that they make. Um, but I know they, they worked with the hunting public to make that thing right, which to me, there's no surprise that it turned out the way it did because, you know, I've noticed like the THP guys, a lot of them will run that running gun vest, the night and hell running gun. Um, I think it's got some issues with it. Uh, still a great minimalist vest, but really working on, on that. I, I kind of felt like the things that were really home runs this year. And it seemed like they were home runs to everybody was kind of that minimalist feel. Um, the tethered vest obviously being super minimalist, but even looking at the grounded vest, uh, in the grand scheme of vests, like that's the lightest vest that I own and I've got four of them. You know what I mean? So like, it's still a pretty dang light vest. What, um, what modifications did they make or what kind of upgrades did he make to that vest? On the, you guys able to talk about that? Did you find out? Yeah. So they, they did the, the straps. So like the, the shoulder straps, there was a, I don't even know what, what it called. It was a buckle. Yeah, it was like a, a buckle, buckle. with a cinch strap. With the cinch, exactly. That's right, and it had the little clips on it. It has the little yeah. clips. Um, now, it's like a like a cam strap. Would that be what you would call it, Matt? Yeah, it kind of folds over. You run the strap through it. And it and folds it over and keeps it in place. Folds over on itself. More, um, pr- more pressurized. Because what, what they were running into was that vest would start slipping over time and you'd have uneven vest. And so they went in there and really redesigned that. And I'm I'm wanting to grab that 2.0. I've got the 1.0 right now. And they also updated the uh, the seat, the, the, the clips that, not the seat itself, I don't think, but the clips on the seat, they were further in the center of your back, I believe, right? Is that right, Matt? They were yeah. further in the yeah, center connect, and hard to they, reach? They connected um, on the 1.0, it was at the bottom where it was just two straps and it went straight to the bottom. This is actually up more on your sides um, to where you can fold the vest down a little easier than there. And what they also did is they did some um, reinforced stitching on the back. 
uh, to where when you, you know, if you put a turkey in the turkey tote in the back, those straps aren't going to give out on you. So everything else, as far as the compartments and everything, stayed the same, which, I mean, I didn't have any complaints for that. No, man. Uh, my biggest thing was the straps and the seat, um, and they they nipped those in the bud right there. Yeah, I've been having complaints. I didn't have any complaints with the seat on mine. I was kind of while y'all were talking about that, I was trying to think of exactly what y'all were talking about um, because I never even noticed anything like that. I mean, I guess I was so enthralled that there was a giant magnet uh, on the back of it that I didn't yeah. have to uh, throw out my back to try to clip back up anymore. That I didn't yep. think about the little clips underneath there. I think they I, said that magnet was like 30, 30 pounds of pressure or something like that. I believe um, it. It's a great magnet, and I don't even use my cl- the clips on mine. I don't guess because I'm like I'm like you, Joey. When Matt told me he was like, "Yeah, they updated the the straps on the back of the seat or whatever," I was like, so, "What was wrong with them? I don't remember anything like being the, wrong." The clips yeah, so, that hook to the like the bottom of the vest to the seat is that what you're talking yeah, about? It's it's not so on the 1.0 they were. They had straps coming out of the bottom of the vest that went into the bottom of the seat right there. Mm-hmm. So they just move move those up onto the sides of the seat. Um, but you can you can still just run the magnet to where it's not directly attached. Okay, it's a great vest. I mean, the layout of it. Oh, the other thing too that they did is they they got it in uh, green leaf. So it's been uh, what obsession and bottomland. Is that right? Bottomland, new, new bottomland, new yeah. bottomland. Yeah, yeah. And now they've got it in the green leaf, which mm-hmm. looks freaking good. Looks so good. Um, I picked up. I got my mask and gloves from them. Um, I was really, I looked at the Mossy Oak um mask at first because they've got that little um rubber piece that goes on your nose. That really kind of intrigued me. I I had one of them lost it somewhere. But I got to look at the ground, and they they have a wire. It's like a four inch wire that you can mold to your nose. And I tried on, and that sticked so much better to my face than that, you know, rubber. Sometimes if I sweat, that rubber will, you know, fall down. But if you have like a frame, that was awesome. And then the gloves, I mean, they were great, good tight to my hand. You got some rubber feel to them. That's like those, uh, what were those like three quarter masks or whatever back in the day? Yeah, those, the oval-shaped things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I still got one of them, and I have it in my vest for a backup and a pair of gloves just for if I leave my mask or if somebody else leaves their mask. I still got that thing. I bet that thing's 15 years old now. Yeah, it probably smells real good, too. I bet it smells amazing. Yeah, put it on. Just The memories come come back mm-hmm. real quick. I've got the uh, – or I had the, the North Mountain Gear um, gloves, and uh, – <laughs> I had to use those to wipe my son's butt <laughs> when we went <laughs> when we went deer hunting. So I've got to buy some new gloves this year, and oh, uh, I haven't I haven't done that yet. I I do have I cleaned out my office and I found a fifty dollar Amazon gift card that's probably going to go wow. towards a, a new new set of gloves. Um, Great, Matt. You mentioned the the wire the like the wire frame on a face mm-hmm. mask. So I've got one of those. Have you tried one on? Uh, which one? The one that Joey's talking about, or the like that has a wire that ha- that has a wire frame? Yeah. So I've got one, and I was like, "Oh, this is so practical and so cool." And then I watched my a video 
while I was wearing it, and it looked like a goober. It's like <laughs> it's like the wire is like bent all the way. It looks like I got like a witch nose oh, no. or something. <laughs> God. Um, God. But I, yeah, I I didn't buy too much stuff. Um. Oh, I bought an owl hooter. Um. Just I probably won't use it, but I just wanted an owl hooter. It's called the hootie. Of- it's called the hootie hoo. Um, just some no no name guy we walked by. I wasn't allowed to hear about those till I was eighteen. And uh, yeah, (laughs) just some no, you know, he said he won a some grand national calling or something. And uh, my dad bought one, and I was like, that sounded pretty good. And we walked around, walked around, because I usually do it with my mouth in the woods, just so you know, one less thing to carry. Um. But I bought one just to say I had one. About like a crow call. I don't carry a crow call. I don't carry one either, and I should. I always try to mimic one. one, and I never do it well. <laughs> <laughs> I suck at it, crow call. I can do an owl hoot pretty good, but crow call is... I can't do a crow call. Crow call has been nothing but a paperweight to me over the years. I've never had success with one. Really? I had it one time. Yep. Man, I've had the same crow call for 20 plus years and that thing will fire a gobbler up. I swear <laughs> to you. Let me hold let me hold it a minute then. <laughs> it's, it's I a, never had one worth It's, worth it's one of those old mad calls and it's the it's the cherry. I remember it's like a cherry wood. God, man, it will fire an afternoon gobbler up. I promise. Hmm. I've never I have never struck a gobbler from a crow call. What the never heck? in my life. Same. Nope. I've, everywhere I've hunted, it seems like I've been covered up in crows, and I don't know if that's a reason or not. That's probably not the reason, uh, but yeah, I had one of those. I don't even know what brand it was. But I carried one for a while, used it every now and then, never could strike a turkey with it. Everybody, anybody that was ever with me that had one could strike a turkey with it, so maybe it's just me. I mean, <laughs> maybe I'm the common denominator and all that. <laughs> Joey, are you a minimalist Like when it comes to things you take into the turkey woods i mean i guess but not really on purpose or i mean i don't like count all the things and cut my toothbrush in half you know when i when i backpack and and things like that but i don't i don't i don't carry a whole lot of stuff um and a couple mouth calls most of them half of those are backups a pot call maybe two um i do have a tube call and that's it. An owl hooter. I do have an owl hooter. So I am kind of the same. Like I, I, I don't carry a lot. And this year I'm trying to go a little more minimalist. I know Adam is like the opposite. Like he wants to, he wants to carry pretty much yeah, everything fine. into the woods. And I'm just, I, I'm, I have been, I will say that I have been in the past. Like, man, you just never know. You never know when that gobbler is mm-hmm. going to want this or that or whatever. Um, but I've been really trying to just slim it down as to what I'm taking because I'm taking camera gear and, Mm -hmm. and that does take up space. Right. And so, and even at that, I I try to be pretty lightweight with camera gear. Um, but kind of moving into that, obviously that tethered vest is perfect for that minimalist kind of guy. Tethered, tethered really knocked it out of the park for that. I don't know if it'll work for with what I'm doing with camera equipment. Um, but for the minimalist dude trying to, you know, go out there with one or two calls and a gun, like, I, I really think 
that we're going to start seeing that be kind of a trend is guys start, I mean, they've already done it in the deer woods, just really prioritizing what do I need to go? Then what do I want? You know what I mean? And just kind of balancing those things out. We got to think too, you know, we've talked about it before, just the rise in popularity of public land. And you got all these guys, just like myself, that hunted private for however many years. And then when you take all that junk that you would carry on private into, you know, two or three miles back on a piece of public, you're going to realize you either A, don't need all that stuff, or B, if you do want all that stuff, you're going to have to lighten some of those up. And just be a little bit more efficient so it's it's no surprise that you know just judging from what you guys have saying that it's kind of the year of the mobile hunter uh with 2020 with everybody getting into the woods and they've had 21 and 22 to kind of figure out what's working and what they want to work for them then i think the market's right for them for uh mobile hunter equipment or mobile turkey hunter equipment I think I am an advocate for taking the kitchen sink. I just want to start right there. Like, I think, you know, mobile. <laughs> I think like minimalist, I think that is all the rage. But every single turkey season, I start out with everything in my vest. And by the third or fourth hunt, I'm like, you know what? I'm not taking all that stuff. So I pair it back and I go to my night in hell running gun vest. And I've just got like one slate call. I got my diaphragms and maybe my crow call. And, and then when I'm out there, I'm like, well, the wind's howling. And I need a box call. Or they're not they're not answering this particular call boy sure i wish i had my push button oh how man i wish i had old yeller right now you know there's all kinds of these things and and then so what like by the next hunt i'm back to my bob dixon and i got everything (laughs) so i think maybe like talking about a minimalist hunter like what are we carrying in our vest for me i've got like i got at least one maybe two pot calls i got a box call i got diaphragms i got an owl hooter i got a crow call I put a rain jacket back there. I got water. I have extra gloves. I have extra face mask. I have shells. I have binoculars. I have a range finder. I was going to ask mean, if you take a range finder. I do not oh, take a yeah. range finder. Never done birds, it in man. turkey woods. Yeah. You hunt field birds, you better take a range finder. You're going to be shooting it past where you need to be shooting. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> you think I don't, I don't even take binoculars. Oh, I'll never go, I'll never go in do. the woods without binoculars again. And I've got rangefinding binoculars now, so it knocked out the rangefinder hanging off the side of my chest rig. But uh, I love having binoculars. I don't go hiking without binoculars now. I'd go without a rangefinder before I'd go without binoculars, without Same. a doubt, especially turkey hunting. Like, you absolutely need binoculars. If you think about it, getting up there uh, and you think you see a, a gobbler roosted, you don't know, like, at that dusk. You, mm-hmm. you get binoculars. There's so many. So you just pull up the rifle and, and well, yeah. <laughs> Look through the scope, see, man. I, Come on. I don't, I don't know what you're hunting with. <laughs> I don't want to veer us too far off of NWTF, but when I when I think about picking up my binoculars and looking at something, my hands would have got hit by my father telling me to quit moving and moving my hands, trying to look at a turkey. Just sit there and be still. I'd, I'd have gotten in trouble for that. So that's probably why I don't wear binoculars You know, or take them with me. I don't ever use them when I'm like sitting on a turkey, like when I'm sitting in a spot. I don't, I don't just like have them at my ready. I take them for sure when I go out west because um, you just got to have them. Uh, 
I would take them probably if I were hunting places with lots of fields, but I don't even put them in, I keep them in my truck, but I don't even put them in my vest when I'm hunting the big woods. It's just not really a thing. Well, me and Joey talked about the other day, like 90, close to 90% of our turkeys come out of fields Mm -hmm. where we hunt. We need binoculars. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you go out west when you can see two miles off of a ridge somewhere. Like that's, they're a must out there. This is, so this is not necessarily NWTF related. I guess you could relate it back to there, but I know Vortex had a booth there and there's some other optics. What kind of optics are you guys using? I've got the, uh, the fear, are they the furies? I got the furies, the range find of binoculars, uh, because I, I mean, I don't even going to have two different sets of binoculars for deer, for deer hunting, uh, or turkey and turkey hunting and i bought those primarily for when i go out west like before i went mule deer hunting back in 21 i bought those and man those things are nice um so i just carry those i got vortex viper 10 by 42s that i did the same thing as joey went on a mule deer hunt and i bought them for that and then i got the vortex ranger for the the rangefinder nothing special so y'all are gonna laugh at me um for my turkey, so for my deer stuff, I have a pair of Vortex something or another. I can't remember what they are, but they're they're nice. Um, but for turkeys, I'm just, I don't want to carry around a chest rig while I'm walking miles. I ain't trying to do that. Uh, so I've got these little bitty, I mean, they're like tiny, tiny Ozark Trail Walmart binoculars. And I'll be honest with you, you can't see far. I mean, you can't see much, but you can tell what you're looking at and that's all i really want is just to know what i'm looking at if it's a turkey i want to know it's a turkey so i just keep them and they freaking pack up small enough i mean like the size of a wallet i just throw them in my vest and it's not a big deal you know um i've gone back and forth though going out west just because like i do more walking and more hiking when you turkey hunt out there than I do here at home and it's a little bit rougher terrain than it is here at home. And man, like not carrying those big heavy binoculars. I would like to have a set of like really small, nice binoculars. You know what I mean? Same. I would too. But there, you know, there are places I would go hunt. Like when we go to Florida, I will not have my rangefinder and I will not have binoculars because I know we're not hunting fields. I may regret not having it, but that's just one less thing I do need to have to carry in. That'll be my version of minimalist. And that, and that, Parker, but you and I probably hunt more hardwoods than we do fields. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, that that shows why we, you know, probably don't carry our binoculars with us, but really a rangefinder too. Um, but if I was if I was a field warrior, I'd have both of them because you know sometimes those birds are so far away from you, you and you just want to look at them. Yeah. So, kind of moving back into the NWTF show and the gear. Um, and in this same conversation about minimalism, I've been really looking for a diaphragm. I I know it sounds dumb because diaphragms are not heavy. Mouth calls aren't heavy. They don't take up space. You keep them in a little wallet and you're good to go. Um, but honestly, I just want to get rid of everything that I don't need because I do have camera gear, batteries, I need all the space, whatever. Um, so I'm just walking around, you know, and it's a little bit overwhelming if you're going to look for a mouth call at the nwtf show then 
good luck. You know what I mean? You're just going to have to kind of luck into one, really. And that's what happened to me. I was just walking around, looking around in a corner that I hadn't been to before. It was like an outside corner of the other building, I believe. I believe it was in the same building that Tethered was in. Um, I could be wrong, but I think it was in that building. But it was a, a company called Cluck. K-L-U-K. And you guys know that I've been freaking singing their praises for the last two days. Because I've always felt like, um, especially with a mouth call, I can do certain things with certain calls. Like, I've got a ninja hammer that I use, and that's um, usually it... it for what I have been doing, it's a kind of an in-between, kind of kind of soft, but kind of raspy. Um, but you can really, when you really just lean into it, you can get some good rasp out of it. Um, I've used a Hooks, uh, Hooks Custom Calls, I think is the company. Um, I've used their Ghost Cut for like some, some of that more whiny stuff and whipping and doing all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I'm always going back and forth. I feel like I'm changing too much to get a certain call, a certain sound, and... Um, this dude, I just stopped at the, at the desk and, and talked to him for a minute. He had a cool logo is honestly why I even stopped. The branding looked great. So I was like, yeah, cool. You know, that's kind of stuff sticks out to me and he sold it to me, man. I mean, when you looked at their, at their calls, they had several that were just off the wall, bizarre looking like alien looking designs in the, in the reeds and, um, I told him, I was like, hey, do you guys have a ghost cut? I'm kind of looking for a, another ghost cut to see if I can get something with a little bit more low end, more of that low end punch than the hooks was. It was like very, very high. And uh, he said, yeah, check this one out. And it honestly, it looks like Batman. Like the, the cut out of it looks like Batman, like the old Batman logo. Mm-hmm. No kidding. Yeah. And I've got a couple of their calls. They have some wicked looking cuts. They do. Their calls. And this is called the Crying Karen, and it is like, first off, again, great branding, good job, guys. But I feel like with it, I can almost make every sound that I want to make with it. And when you're talking about minimalist and, you know, kind of streamlining your your process and the things that you take in with you, like having that one go-to call like this for me is a pretty big deal because I've never really felt like I've been able to find one i've been i'll be honest i was the kid that when i was like six years old when i got five dollars for pulling weeds in the yard i didn't even turkey hunt but i knew that they had turkey calls in the sporting goods section so i go and buy it right like i've always had mouth calls and learned how to use them use them a long time ago so it's not like i just started doing it i've seriously never been able to find one that was completely comfortable to me like this one so i'm gonna keep singing their praises i freaking love this Love this thing. It's called the Crying Karen from Cluck Custom Calls. Freaking love it. I've got uh, yeah. I got two of their calls. The I think one is the Smoking Hen, and the other one is the Kill Switch. Y'all know how I feel about turkey call names. Most of them are pretty cringe to me. But anyway, <laughs> that uh, Parker and you mentioned it in uh, some conversations before about how you can choose your stretch a low, yeah. medium, or, or a high-tension stretch. And I had never seen that in any call company before. Um, and I thought initially that I would like a high-stretch call. And so when I bought uh, those calls, I bought low, medium, and high in both of the calls. And I stuck with low on both of them, surprisingly. 
and that which one am I talking about here? The the smoking hen, it's the most effortless, like wines, kikis, everything. I don't like a lot of rasp in my calls anyway. I think mo- most of the calls that I've ever tried to run have had too much rasp. Um, but I mean, I have never like I could whisper a purr out of that call, and yeah, I absolutely love it. Um. And what I did this year, and if I hadn't have done this before, I probably would have done it while I was at NWTF. I don't know how many mouth calls I bought this year. I bet you I bought a couple dozen uh, from however many from however many different companies. And it wasn't that there was anything wrong with what I used before. I used to run Appalachian Custom Calls. I mean, I'd get a handful of their calls every year, and that's what I'd use. I don't know. I was just looking to see what else was out there. And now I still have uh, one or two Appalachians that are going to be in my vest this year, but I, out of those couple of dozen mouth calls and most of those were ghost cut and maybe a few bat wings, you know, stuff that had worked for me in the past, I narrowed down maybe like five to eight that I would consider carrying this year. So I, I bought a lot of calls just to narrow them down. And I may even do that again next year, um, with some different calls. It but was I think cool. NWTF would be the perfect place to do something like that. The cool thing about this Cluck Custom Call Company, like you said, they have you can choose your stretch. And while we were there, um, they have like a bunch of like beeline calls, like the different stretches. Like just uh, here's here's one of them right here. This is the one that I did. So I basically got two calls for the price of one. I, for whatever reason, they couldn't they couldn't put this one into production i don't know if something something's off with it but it sounds great to me um but i could try it i could try it out there so it's like what do you feel like you would like i don't know maybe the medium and i just got lucky the medium i was like yeah i like that let me try one in a high because i knew i wouldn't like the low um i i've struggled and i love the whole like uh foot on the head freaking love those guys but what what's the what's the main call matt that main diaphragm that they, they sell. The, the, I think it's the hooked. It's a bat wing. I think the one that I've got is like a, I think it's a combo cut. I can't remember the name of it, but it's like a real popular um, one that they sell. It's like the main one. I can't remember. The legend. The legend. Maybe that's it. That sounds right. Anyways, it's a, it's like a real low stretch and man, I just struggle to get sound out of it. That's just for me. I've talked to other guys. Hunter Lindsay freaking loves the thing. Like he has like four of them in his, vest at all times the same call um so i knew you know i'd be either uh, medium or, or high and turns out i was the medium got to try it out got to test it put this call in my mouth when i got home and man i've just been non-stop my neighbors and my wife are probably uh tired of it by now so i've just been I've wailing to, on it i've about decided that people's mouths are almost like fingerprints they're just so different and I can, whenever somebody gets on Facebook after they ask what choke and shell that everybody uses, they ask what mouth call brand that everybody uses or recommends. And yeah, I mean, you can, all you could do is just tell people what it's worked for you. But I yeah. think what you need to do is probably what I did this year is just buy you a bunch of calls. They're cheap. I mean, they're you know less than $10 a piece, the majority of them. When you're buying and, 24 uh, of them, it can kind of 
That could rack well, up the price a little bit. But. I mean, you know, if when all you do is turkey hunt, that's yeah, true. I mean, I I buying uh, saddle gear and arrows in the fall. <laughs> well, that dumb so, crap. Yeah, <laughs> for somebody that's either getting into you know turkey hunting or trying to learn mouth calls or whatever, uh, that would be my suggestion. Just get a bunch of different brands, and if you know what if you know what cut has worked for you in the past maybe just kind of get those cuts and maybe one or two off off the wall ones just to see what kind of works for you and just narrow them down. Uh, that's, cause that's what I did this year. I think I got a pretty good arsenal full of mouth calls now. It's awesome. Uh, and, and you know, I think the, the cool thing, one of the great things about NWTF obviously is you're able to go and try out a lot of this stuff that you're not able to, any other time you're just looking at stuff online you're able to see things put your hands on yeah. it put it in, see it in person i thought the thing that was really neat about this company is that you could actually try these calls um so it was really cool man really really enjoyed that going more into the minimalist thing i guess the the only other thing that i really um saw was for me i, I got to test out or not test it out but hold that mossberg um what is it adam the mossberg 500 bantam is that what it's called yeah the, the compact version i think is what you were looking at shorter Dude. barrel shorter stock lightweight oh man i've been singing the mossberg praises for the last year and yeah I'm, and and you're kind of a snob when it comes to this kind of stuff i am like you would expect me to be going buying a benelli right my last shot turkey gun i bought was a Frankie, so um i ended, I ended up just buying that mossberg sa20 which has got it's the tactical version with the pistol grip. It's got the 22 inch barrel. Oh man, I I just threw a Burris fast fire on it last week. I'm ready to go shoot it. So I'm excited about that. I've hmm. seen a lot of people hacking their barrels off this year. It seems like everybody's wanting them short barrels. Everybody's tired of carrying around them duck guns. I guess. Man, as soon as I find a gunsmith I trust, I'm going to chop that Franky down. That's for sure. That's yeah. I mean 26 inch barrel and it's going to 22 without a doubt. Hmm. Well, for me, I was, I'm, I'm a short guy anyways. Um, I'm only five foot six. So I, I know it sounds really dumb. My other shotgun, the, the first one that I had when I was a kid, it was a big, big giant thing. And I had like a makeshift, a makeshift sling on it. Like one of those ones that you like tie to it. You know what I mean? Um, and it would actually bite me like in the calves whenever I walked. It, it just like would drag. It would just pop me in the calf. Now I've got an 870. It's the 870 um, Super Mag Express, I think. So it's a lot shorter, a lot more compact, but it's a 12 gauge. So it's freaking heavy. And when I pick up that 12 gauge, my gun, which is pretty compact and small, and compare it to a full size 20 gauge, I mean, it's not even close, man. Like that 20 gauge feels like a BB gun compared to mine. And so with the with TSS and stuff these days, I mean, there's no reason that a guy should need a 12 gauge. So, and then we saw that that there, and I'm like, holy crap! Like I've got to get this thing. So it, it's going to serve double purpose. Um, it's going to be my gun that I use, but my kids will also be able to shoot it whenever they get a little bit older. I'm still probably going to buy a 410 for them to shoot at a younger age. But I mean, my daughter just turned six today, so. Like here in three years, she'll be able to shoot twenty gauge or uh, yeah, twenty gauge. I don't I don't see any issue with that. If you look at like a Mossberg five ten Bantam, 
and a 410, that's even like a better option for a younger kid than what the Savage 301s are. I know like everybody's out there running Savage 301s and 410s. That's a 26 inch barrel. You look at that 510 Bantam, like that is the gun for uh, a youth against the price. That automatic is going to kick less than that single shot anyway, is it not? Well, but the Bantam is a, that is a pump. Oh, it's a pump. Yeah. And it's, it's smaller than that 301. So it does. I mean, I ha- I've had one for my kids since they were about six, and they had no issues with it. Mm-hmm. They were, I've they were... never had any desire to own a pump shotgun, full disclosure. Always had autos. I've only ever run a pump. I will never only... own a pump that I know of. I have zero desire to own one. I've only ran pumps until recently, until I bought that Franke and now this Mossberg. Both of those are semis. Maybe I need to get a semi-automatic. Maybe that's, maybe that's the thing. But, yeah, stay on the pump game. But I, that's, you know, that's where I'm at. Like, it's kind of like a, a red dot. I don't use a red dot because I never have. And, uh, like, I don't know. It's kind of like why why start it? I haven't really had an issue with. I threw one on my gun a couple years ago, and I don't know that I've looked back. I ain't missed that bead not one bit. There ain't no way I would look back. No nope. way. Nope. Now, mm-hmm. when Adam, you go, didn't it? Wasn't there some big innovation on a mount for Red Dot that was released yeah. in WTF? There was a couple from Meadow Creek. Uh, they released one <laughs> one mount would uh, go on the rib of your shotgun, which we saw one of our buddies. He was like had a, a quadruple stack cheeseburger and then a Red Dot on top of it <laughs> <laughs> to make it to make it mount on his shotgun. So to take that out, you can put it on your rib now. Like that, that to me is like, that's a no brainer. I think there's been some companies that's done that, but what was really cool to me from Meadow Creek, and I think that's their name is they put, uh, they, they've developed a site where it's a front post, obviously, and your rear post mounts onto your red dot, which lets you co-witness, um, the iron sight through your red dot. So if your red dot was to fail, now all of a sudden you can look through your iron sights. And to me, that's like, that's huge. That's yeah. one thing that I'll absolutely buy and stick on my red dot. Yeah, yeah that, that that's my biggest cool. fear of using a red dot is it either me forgetting to turn it on or it dying. Um, it, it, I think it's a legitimate fear. Right. We got a text thread going. I was talking about a specific red dot that's not on my turkey gun, but that's on my everyday carry gun. And there's guys in our office, and me included, we've all had issues with either the battery making a full connection, and this is a very popular red dot, or the battery draining very quickly because of the technology that's within that red dot. So I, I think like being safe and having like the the ability to co-witness is, I hate the stupid cliches of game changer, but like it makes you feel more comfortable using it, right? And I, I'm not going in the woods without a red dot again. And I do think there's a few red dots that everyone, like you can feel comfortable with. That's Burris, it's Leopold, and probably the, the Vortex. And I'd put them, Maybe Burris and Leopold, you could interchange as like the dominant ones that I would absolutely like. I don't think you're going to have a failure out of. So, so the Meadow Creek is there's an actual red dot, or is it a like a mount to go with any other red dot? Red dot. It's a mount. I I think they sell those Burris. I think they're a Burris dealer. Okay. As well, is that right, Adam? I think so. I, yeah. I actually have uh I have that original Meadow Creek mount, that rib mount. I had it before I got that sum toy. And it worked worked really well, uh, but then I got that Benelli drilled and tapped, 
so I could put that sum toy on there. I like it a lot better, but uh, the Meadow Creek is a solid option if you didn't want to tap your gun. And that's another thing to think about. Like if we were talking about our, our buddy that had the quadruple stack cheeseburger with a red dot on top of it. If you are taking your cheek off of, of your stock back here, you are really throwing off everything and you're chancing missing turkeys. So even a Picatinny rail to me is just a little bit more height going mm-hmm. to a sum toy makes a huge difference. The flatter you can get on that, that, that red dot on your, uh, uh, on the receiver, man, it, it just makes it all the difference in the world, I think. So go lower. If you got a Picatinny rail, I'd consider going to a sum toy without yep. a doubt. Yep. And the red dot, and, and I'll say this, and then maybe we can talk about something else. But the reason I liked that red dot when I first started using it from a bead is when I looked at a turkey and I had that red dot on his waddles, I could see just about his entire body, or at least the top half of his body. And versus that bead when i would put it on his waddles i'd see the top of his head (laughs) and you know it or the you know at least his head and that would be it but uh just more more sight uh you know you can see more of your target and where i mean you can move your head around left to right up or down so long as that dot is on your target you're gonna hit it no brainer i will never knock on wood i will never go back you know I have I've been hosting a podcast for I think going on going on six years now, and never once in I I don't believe one time has there ever been a podcast that or a conversation that happened within a podcast that I was just completely lost on, and y'all started talking about red dots and freaking mounts and rails. And all kinds of stuff. I'm like, that junk don't belong in turkey hunting. That's just... <laughs> I'm just kidding. Obviously, I mean, like, like you guys, obviously, people love red dots. And one day, I'll probably get a red dot. But, man, everything y'all just said, I, I hope hope other people are not like me. Because I'm like, I don't know what the crap y'all are talking that, about. That's I'm a like your guy. arrow build. That's yeah, like your arrow build. Exactly. Yeah. But, yeah, that's like y'all talking about deer hunting stuff what y'all just experienced right there is what i experience in the fall <laughs> <laughs> with everything with everything no, i mean it, it's just one of those things like like whenever guys um you know i gun hunt i rifle hunt i'm not a gun fanatic uh by any stretch you know i don't know a whole lot about them um i know that i like to shoot animals with them you know but when people start talking about um, like some of the specifics with optics and, and scopes and rings and blah, blah, blah. And then you start getting in, into conversations about ballistics and all that kind of stuff in the gun space. And I'm literally lost most of the time because I just, I'm just dumb with that kind of stuff, I guess. But um, let's say, I guess it's just the technology thing and just yeah. the amount of information that we have at our disposal. You know, back years ago, uh, if we wanted to learn about something, uh, I guess what you'd have to read about it in a magazine and then you'd have to read the, the manual that came in the box or talk to the dude at the counter, you know, where you bought the thing. And now, I mean, you could spend hours on any, any product, name a product. Yeah. And, and then when 
you're researching and you're just learning more about how that stuff works. So like the red dots and uh, the Picatinny rails and, you know, and then when you purchase a couple of those things, you realize that, okay, maybe this is a lot better option than this. And you're just learning more and more and you've got a lot of different stuff you can compare to. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, for sure. Whenever I first started building arrows, um, build my own arrow setups, I was like, there's no way. This is like Spanish to me. I'd watch some videos and stuff. I'm like, I don't even know what these guys are talking about. Uh, <laughs> when I first started um, really trying to get a, a turkey gun that was a turkey gun, I mentioned before that grew up in West Texas and we shot turkeys and I had a shotgun, but it wasn't a turkey gun, right? Like it was a gun that would shoot turkeys for sure. But when I started getting into like the different loads and uh, choke tubes and all that kind of stuff, man, it was like this whole new world opened up for me. So, um, but I thought it was funny. I was sitting there thinking about it while y'all were talking about this. I was like, you know, this is the first time I've ever been lost in a conversation and I don't have anywhere to go from here. (laughs) (laughs) So I've got, I've got somewhere we can go, uh, since I wasn't at NWTF. So what out of all the awesome stuff that you guys saw was there anything that you saw and you don't have to name company names we're not having to throw everybody anybody under the bus were there any products that just made you either roll your eyes or kind of just stand there and ask yourself why and (laughs) what uh, and uh, what were they without you know like i said without throwing somebody under the bus or you can i mean i don't care what you do it was the roofing gutter salesman (laughs) really yeah so well i don't know i'm a dad i'm a dad of two now so i probably would have stopped at that booth (laughs) that guy was funny as crap man he tried that guy he he was like he was like uh at one point i walked by him several times and every single time he'd say something like he was really it was like i was in the streets of mexico getting sold something and begging and uh, one of the times I walked by, he goes, would you rather be turkey hunting during the spring and not cleaning your gutters? And I was like, hey, well, yeah, actually, <laughs> I don't want to be wrong. cleaning my gutters. Relevance. That's pretty awesome. He was staying relevant. He was learning. He was learning the room. That's uh, a man that, it, that knows everybody <laughs> is a customer or everybody is a potential customer. Yeah. You never, you never know. Somebody bought, somebody bought some gutters while they were there. Lord, I hope Somebody so. There ain't no telling what that man's booth cost. Golly. I, I guess for me, the thing that I saw, um, and man, I, I hate to even, the, the one thing that sticks out is this, uh, it was like a turkey bag, like a, like a pack out bag for a turkey. Like um, a game bag? Kinda. It was like a, like a, it was basically just a camouflage duffel bag that would hold a dead turkey. And I didn't understand it. Yeah, I did. And maybe I was not understanding. Maybe it was a suitcase slash dead turkey duffel bag. You know, maybe maybe it was a multitask thing. But I walked by that booth and I was like, "Now what in the world? What what is that? And why? Like somebody's just if I if I'm turkey hunting with a buddy. Now let's just let's just make this scenario right here. If I'm turkey hunting with you, Joey." And we're in the mountains of Montana, like we're going to be at the end of the spring. And you kill a turkey. And you're like, hold on, guys. And you pull out a duffel bag out of your vest <laughs> to put that dead turkey in. I'm going to make fun of you so hard. Like, I'm going to drag you about your turkey carrying bag. 
did, am I missing a, something? What if it's one of them Lewis Bitten Bitten bags? <laughs> Lewis. <laughs> what if it's one of those gooky gooky bags? Gooky bags. That is pretty wild. Oh, okay, I do have another question. I used to see this dude literally every year uh, at NWTF, and he's the guy. Let's see if I can explain this via podcast. Uh, it was almost like he had this wire frame with uh, like a camouflage net hanging in front of it or hanging off of it, and it would attach to your head, and he could flip it up and down like a fa- like you would a face mask almost. But it would just <laughs> I don't know. It looked like uh, it looked like one of those giant retainers, you know, that would hang <laughs> off of people's faces. But it would attach to his head, and he would you know, drop it down. It would expose his face. And when he wanted his face mask up, he would just flip that thing right up. And it would be like a shower curtain hanging right there in front of his face. (laughs) I was wondering, was he not there? Did he finally give up? I I didn't didn't see him. him. Oh man. He was there for at least a decade. I know he was Adam. I don't know if I, I don't know how many times Adam has gone over the years, but I vividly remember that old boy. Uh, I'm, I'm one of the worst uh, NWTF shoppers of the show. I have in my mind what I want to see. I go and see it, and I get the heck out of Dodge. Like, that way now. <laughs> that's the way I am now, and I, I have been for the last few years, so I don't remember your crazy wire guy. Man, this, I hope this he's still out my, there. Yeah, this was my first year to go. And so I have, like, anytime I go to Expo, do Expo, I walk the whole, the whole place first. I go up and down each individual aisle. And I think I ended up doing that a total of three times. I mean, Parker, when you walked with us, we had been there since 8.30 that morning when the doors opened. We were just getting after it. Um, But there was a lot of crazy, crazy things, crazy names. You know, the names get me. Um, There was a call company that really, really got me. But I'm not, we're not going to say any names, but it's just like, you should and totally somebody, you you've got to say yeah. the name. You I can't say, not, say it. Yeah. If they have a ridiculous name, they did it on purpose. Okay. Yeah. Their name their name was Pecker Records. <laughs> oh I've heard gosh, of them. I know, I know and, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's that's fine, but I mean it's just like somebody was sitting at a table with their brother or with their buddy <laughs> and was like, dude, I got this great idea. Let's be the Pecker Records. That's and like that's just, like uh if we started a call company, let's be the Snood Dudes. That's mm-hmm. what I want to be. Yeah. They, I'm telling you, turkey call names are getting more cringe all the time. It's, it's like weird. a it's like adult uh, adult toy names. Well, it's like the call like names, that. you know, the Karen. I am I at NWTF or am I at the store on the interstate? You know what I mean? Right. Like, am, I, yeah. am I at Miranda's and Bucks Mort in Hickman County? There was a t-shirt company there too that was a little off-colored. That was one thing I noticed last year. Uh, uh, when I went to NWTF, when I started walking up and down the aisles, it's like, golly, how many of these people are selling t-shirts and hats now? No offense, Parker. Uh, <laughs> but, how uh, many of these jokers? But you know, here. it was just, I I understand, you know, you guys, you know, have your merch, but you also have YouTube channels and you have other content that you're putting out there. These people were just selling on t-shirts and hats, and I don't, I mean. I'm a capitalist. I hope they make a million dollars. If you can have a good name, if you have a good name and you put a yellow lab on it, somebody's going to buy it. (laughs) Yeah, I guess you're right. But I just, cool name, put a yellow lab on it. Was just the apparel companies, just regular old t shirts and hats and koozies, of course. And 
I don't know. I didn't know. I don't know if there was that many people that y'all saw this year or if I was just, you know, there on a one-off year when everybody was selling stuff. Those guys had the biggest booths. The people selling the t-shirts, they had the biggest booths there. Mm -hmm. The the tallest booths to where if you looked across, you saw their flag flying, you know, Mm -hmm. come by, come by my shirt. Um, But Adam, I don't, I don't want to jump past you buying the Fox Fest. That was awesome. Didn't you buy some more memorabilia associated uh, with him? I only bought the Primo's call, and I elected not to buy the Apex shells, the Cody call. Um, Wait, time me, out. I thought the Apex shells came with it. No, you had to buy it for I a nominal fee. For a, pre- yeah, I'm sure. No telling what it was. I didn't even go by there. <laughs> like, I literally have like. I have over a case of 20 gauge TSS. Like there's, I don't need any more sh- shells. Good to know. I got the hookup at work. So good to I'm good. know. I don't, I, I don't know. No, but, don't no, no, but are we shells. good? That's what I mean. Like, are we good? You know what I mean? Uh, but the only call, the only thing I bought with that vest was the Primo's call because I went into it and I said, okay, I'll buy something that means something to me. And Primo's means something to me, like watching Will and, all those guys from the time I before I started turkey hunting, like I really believe, like Will Primo, Smart Jury, those guys taught me how to turkey hunt, and so that meant something to me, and that's why I bought that call. That's cool. That yeah, uh, that's cool. That Rolling Thunder uh, pot call that they did, the Mister Fox call, that yep. without a doubt, like I looked at it, most of the booths, you know, like if if a call company had, you know, some calls out, I'd look at them. That was the prettiest call that I think I saw. It was like, I don't know how it sounded. Don't know anything about it. I just thought it was a really good looking call. Like the artwork on it. Really, that whole thing, man. All the Mr. Fox stuff was just so well done. Um, And really, like when I come away, when I think about NWTF 2023, I'm going to come away thinking about that more than anything else. It's kind of just like the honor that was showed. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. That was neat. But, I mean, you could see anybody you wanted to if you went to that place. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I that... mean, besides, besides the booths, I mean, there was a lot of cool booths, but I got to see and meet people that I never thought I'd see and meet, you know. Yeah. And that's another whole episode we can have on how the changing hunting industry is with the turkeys of, of YouTube versus, you know, Michael Waddell. I mean, he was there. But was he the star? Would y'all say he was the star of NWTF? Listen, you want to know no. who you want to know who the longest line I saw was for Lee Ellis, um, a, a deer hunting fool. Now the guy has some big giant bucks, and uh, the one that you can see is uh, the one that you can see there. I think they had the, the one that had that upside Ohio. down looking rack. Um, mm-hmm. But dude, there were so many people there to shake his hand and take a picture. I mean, it was uh, nuts. I have no idea who that is. Sorry. Yeah, you, you, uh, over there with your your turkey content. You watch. <laughs> well, no, I, I'm serious. Like, who, so who is this guy? So maybe I would, maybe one, I would like to meet him. Have you ever heard of Seek One Productions? They shoot I have. the the big giant, uh, big urban giant area. yard deer. Yeah, yeah. that's one way to say it. Um, the good thing about Joey, you can't really take it as disrespectful when he's talking about somebody who's a deer hunter, uh, because he's not talking about the person. He's just talking about the the sport. He he does not like it. 
Um, it's not that I don't like it. I just like to get people fired up. So it's not personal. Totally get it. No, it's not personal at all. Maybe uh, sometimes it is. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean that was that was crazy. That was crazy to see. I mean, you got Michael Waddell and Lee Ellis right there, pretty close to each other, and Lee Ellis absolutely has the crowd around him, which was interesting. I mean, it's a change. It's a shifting of of culture, shifting of a lot of things, right? Like. I mean, these guys have been doing it for a long, long time and doing it really well. And, uh, that, you know, that's one of the things I really appreciate about Cuz Strickland is he very publicly acknowledges these guys that are out there kind of uh, kind of leading the pack right now. You know, I was standing next to Catman talking to him and – um Cuz came up there and talked to him. He's like, yeah, I don't know if you know this, but you're in the presence of a legend talking about Catman. You know, he's just, a, he's just genuine, just a nice guy and believes in, in the kind of the, the modern way that we're doing it now. And it is very different, but it's, um, I think it's important, like I said, to give back that respect to those guys. Um, and I think it's awesome to see that they do the very same thing. They're modeling that. It's pretty cool. It's like a changing of the guard, uh, so to speak, you know, with Cuz and those guys that were filming turkey hunts with VHS tape, you know, cameras uh, slung over their shoulder. And now, like all you guys that are uh, doing the YouTube thing, it's it's just a different culture now to the people that are watching YouTube stuff now versus the type of people that may even still watch Bone Collector and Michael Waddell and that group of guys. Like I remember Parker last year, we talked on your podcast about, I forget exactly what the topic was like social media or something like that. And the topic got brought up. Like when you see a guy or whoever at a party or some gathering and they got a bone collector shirt on. And we talked about how different viewpoints that we have on hunting versus what they have. Like you almost can't even carry a, conversation with them about right because we're so different it's not that they're wrong and we're right or vice versa but the culture around hunting media and the viewers of that media is so different now yeah it is it is but it's but it's good you know yeah. what i mean like it's good it's a good thing i saw more yeah. young guys in wtf than i saw old guys i mean it was tons of young guys young guys running the dang thing you know what i mean i thought it was really neat and see the have the the presence of some of those those older dudes it was just really cool uh, but i had a great time um really really fun time that was a memorable one 50th anniversary of nwtf which was cool uh so that was special i cannot wait adam said that he is going to allow some friends to shoot turkeys out of the fox vest and i can't wait until it's my turn i'm so excited about that let's come up to tennessee man I will be. Full disclosure. So, Adam, if I go hunting with you, will you just carry that thing and just let me throw it on when I get to shoot? Because I don't know <laughs> if I want to carry that heavy thing all around all day. You're a vest guy. Don't you hide behind it. You're a vest guy. I am a vest guy. We were giving Walt crap earlier about he's basically trying to – it sounds like Walt's just trying to build a vest out of three or four different <laughs> pieces. And he's like got a, he's, he's trying to build a chest rig, a fanny pack. <laughs> a seat and i'm like walt i mean you could just here, get a vest here's an idea let's combine 
let's combine all these into one article or one garment and you could just wear it on you and possibly even zip it up or buckle it to you. I mean, I don't know. Bless him. Hey, what like, a, hope, what a uh, concept. I hope, I hope the little guy just gets whatever his little heart deserves. <laughs> what if you saw, what if you saw Walter out there with like a fanny, literally a fanny pack, a chest rig. Um, what else could he have? Like a, one of those, uh, Walmart foam cushion pads to sit on. Yeah. He's got literally all wrist. this stuff put together and it, who one of you guys sent that picture of Dwayne Johnson that, that, like, oh, that was in me. the turtleneck with the fanny pack? The fanny pack. That's totally Walt going turkey hunting this year. Walt twenty twenty three. Oh like, man. I want to be different, guys. Yeah, you'll be different, all right. You're Just because you're unique doesn't mean you're useful. Yeah. <laughs> all right, fellas. Man, that was a good good thing. Good time. I had a blast. Um can't wait to go back next year. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Turkey season soon, though. I mean, Adam, yeah. you and I are going to be hunting them real quick, really soon. Like, if y'all are hunting South Florida, you're going to be hunting in a couple weeks. Yeah, I'm going to be hunting like the 15th. I'll be the 17th. Oh, eight. I guess 18th. Yeah. Yeah, 18th opening day in North Zone. Yeah. Man, it's going to be, it's going to be good. I can't wait. I'm jealous. Send pics. I'm literally send snoods. Uh, I'm, I'm literally, uh, like kicking myself right now because I didn't buy any shells. And you said that I was like, what an idiot. Why, why do I suck this bad? I know a guy. Okay. So we are good. All right. I, that's what I was. Yeah. I was opening the door for that conversation to happen. And you should have told me before glad it happened. Did, and I'd have hooked you up. I could have hand delivered you some, but. Parker, when you show up to go hunting with Adam, you ain't got to bring nothing because you're going to use that fox vest. (laughs) You can use that 20 gauge and that half a case of shells. Uh, I'm going to use the call. I'm going to use the fox call too. Yeah. I mean, just show up in a pair of boots and your drawers. I'm sure he can scare you up. Do you have any camos? (laughs) I literally, I like, I actually have camo, like extra camo stuff in my truck just in case my buddies go with me and they don't like actually bring. I'm going to bet you don't wear, I'm going to bet you don't wear a 3430. No, it's probably not a size that you wear, huh? Thirty-four, thirty-two. Oh, well, I tell you what is handy to keep though, uh, and then we can quit. But just a uh, like just a cheap leafy suit, like pants and and yep. a jacket, you can throw that over anything, and somebody can go mm-hmm. turkey on with you. It's handy to have. Real nice for work. I got two of them. Now, now. I want to throw this in. We talked about that ground blind earlier. It's the Alps Deception ground blind. That's what it is. Alps deception. That's right. It was Alps. Duh. Yeah. 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 They had Alps vest all in there. Yeah. Cool little blind, man. I mean, I'll probably never own one. I'm not going to say that. I'll never say never. But there's a good chance I'm not going to ever own one. But great idea. I really like it. When it comes to when it comes to big rainstorm and you're in Tennessee, we'll like curl up in it together. Yeah, that's going to be birds that with my is binoculars. going to be cute. There's going to be, gonna the big be a cute picture. <laughs> All right, fellas. I'm, I'm jacked up about turkey season, but I am very tired right now. I'll talk to you guys later. Hey, thanks for listening to the Limhanger Turkey Hunting Podcast. Hope you tune in next week for another great conversation about our favorite bird in the woods. That's the wild turkey. I'll talk to you guys next week.